This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hi, welcome to the Age Changer Show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is Carmen Furrow. This is my husband, Len Furrow, the founder of Summit Life Ministries. Our mission at Summit Life Ministries is to elevate, equip, and empower. Elevate the church's vision to see our identity through God's eternal purpose. Equip believers to live with an eternal perspective and empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles in faith-filled obedience. It's good to be with you again today. We have a question and answer day. It's Friday, so we've received some of your questions and we're going to jump right into that. Oh, in case you notice, we're in a little bit of a different format um, in response to some of your uh, comments about it. And we wanted to work on... um, speaking towards you more but just to let you know I think it's easier for you when you're speaking to someone and so that would be why we've we've been facing each other more but well also there is just a practical reality we did not have a round table we had an oval (laughs) table and so we were sitting across from each other Uh, but we are wanting to just uh, be more connected in speaking to those that are listening to the age changer show so we're trying something uh, new so we want to try to improve as much as we can to not only uh, communicate to each other, but also to communicate uh, the truth of God to you and to make the show interesting. So here we go with question number one. Um, Jesus redeemed all of humanity from the workings of Satan. Does that mean that he redeemed even the curses that were placed on Adam and Eve and the land in Genesis 3? So we could be living in an Eden-like environment or even living better than Eden? Or do we have to wait until Jesus comes again to have that complete fullness? Just an easy softball question as we begin today. Thank you for the one who uh, sent that question in and will try to embarrass and humiliate me. Uh, That is a very thought-provoking question. And I think it's a great question uh, to contemplate uh, in regards to uh, what I call the reality of our redemption. We have talked uh, considerably about how the kingdom is a kingdom that has been inaugurated. So we could say the kingdom is present. It is now. Jesus said that when he announced it and proclaimed it, when he walked the earth and shared the gospel of the kingdom, he told people to repent, to begin to change their thoughts and their ways so they could be positioned to receive. But he said, the kingdom is within reach. He said, the kingdom Mm -hmm. is at hand. In other words, it's tangible, it's touchable by you, and, and, and it's within your power to lay a hold of. Matter of fact, he encouraged a spirit of spiritual aggressiveness mm-hmm. in faith. And he said that the kingdom of heaven, and I'm paraphrasing uh, a translation, but he said the kingdom of heaven has been aggressively advancing towards earth. And and as God in his, his spiritual aggressiveness to bring to the earth what he desired to manifest, he tells us uh, that he wants a response in like kind. He wants us to respond to him the way he is responding to us. And he said, the violent will take it by force. He said, 
those that are spiritually aggressive will press in mm -hmm. to what is available for them. So in answer, uh, to give a more expanded answer to your question, I think that even though the Bible uses a phrase called the restoration of all things, or there's a number of passages uh, that state until the restoration of all things, there is this dimension where the kingdom is now and part of it's available, but then there is an aspect of the kingdom that is not yet, mm -hmm. that there is going to be a cumulative effect as God takes us from faith to faith, strength to strength, grace to grace, faith to faith, then we're going from glory to glory, mm -hmm. then there is going to be this cumulative effect that leads to dimensions of fullness. Because if you'll remember, that's what we've talked about, that the greatness of our salvation has first of all brought about the breaking of the curse through the cross, the shed blood of Jesus. It said that Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law, the consequence from mm -hmm. sin and transgression. So yes, I definitely want to say Jesus has redeemed us. He's broken the power of the curse. And we can see the hold of the curse mm -hmm. and, and the absence of blessing caused by the effect of the curse and how it multiplied in the earth. We are seeing the curse reversed. But also there is an ultimate moment when we're going to see every vestigial remnant of the curse reversed and and completely removed uh, from all the planet. Now, there are a couple passages that I want to refer you to uh, to further your study in talking about how much has the curse been reversed. It's been totally broken. But, it, you know, there are times in our life where we make a decision and the decision has an immediate impact. Right. But then the more uh, we we carry out that decision or a decision is reversed, the impact and the effect of the decision is not felt until we fully live out what has been planned and dreamed and right. desired and what we decided. It's the same way with the kingdom. I've made a reference to what Isaiah prophesied about the king and the government being placed upon his shoulders. It said the increase of his government is going to be without end. Right now, Jesus's government, in other words, his, the expansion of his kingdom is increasing today. That's why we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. We walk by the word yes. and heavenly realities and eternal certainties. Because you may look at the news today and say, how can we say that the government of Jesus, his rule, his reign, his divine authority to subjugate his enemies and those that are still in opposition against him, how is it that we could say that there is an increase? But it says of the increase of his rule, his reign, his government, there will be no end. And it said that he will execute order and establish it. So right now we're seeing the kingdom that started out as a mustard seed, Jesus used the metaphor of a mustard seed, and he said, in the end, it will be a tree that will fill the earth. And so 
There are all of these metaphors and examples and illustrations in the New Testament where Jesus said it starts out as a seed, it'll become a blade, but then it develops into a full ear. We are living in a period of time where we're, we're, we're moving towards fullness, forgiveness, freedom from the curse, and fullness. But this is where I want to end because I said I was going to give you a couple of scriptures. And, and I don't have time because we want to get to other questions. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to unpack all these scriptures. But in Acts chapter 3, after the healing of the lame man at Solomon's porch, uh, Peter has an opportunity because of the miracle creating a sign right. and a wonder. There was a crowd that gathered and this man was leaping and, and jumping and praising God. And he cre- created quite a stir. And so Peter addresses the crowd that, that gathered there because of the miracle. And he said this, he said, you children of Israel, you men of Israel, he said, you were, were in your hardened heart, in the hardness of your spiritual state, you were blinded to who Jesus was. Right. And he said, you delivered him over to Pilate to be executed and killed. But God raised him from the dead and he has been highly exalted and he is both Lord and Christ, King and Christ. And he said, even though you did that, God has given you still a moment of opportunity to turn so that you can receive what God intended, where you will not miss out mm-hmm. on what God was doing in Christ when he was among the people of Israel. And he said, I want you to repent. In other words, position yourself so that you can receive the seasons of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then it says this, it says, Jesus will remain in heaven until the restoration of all things. So we see a connection. Repentance leads to seasons, plural, of refreshing. And every season of refreshing brings a renewal. There's a dimension of renewal a dimension of transformation that, again, compounds and accumulates until there is a restoration of everything that was lost. It says Jesus is going to stay in heaven until all of these seasons that God has ordained to sin, to, to again, repeal, revoke, and, and, and see the curse regress and the kingdom of God expand. But ultimately, we know that the, the, the effect of the curse on the earth is not going to completely be repealed. Even though it's revoked, we're not going to see it regress and recede until Romans chapter 8. And that's the second reference I want to give you. Till Romans 8 says that all creation groans and travails mm-hmm. to this point until now, until the manifestation of the sons of God. So what, what is going to happen on the planet, terrestrial, the, 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 the soil, everything that and how the curse has affected the earth, it's not going to be as abundant and prop, uh, uh, prosperous until the sons of God know 
their identity and walk in the fullness of it, and that we fully manifest in the reality and the fullness of our identity in Jesus Christ. Because just as Jesus was the second man who is a life-giving spirit, if I'm functioning as uh, one of the sons of Adam, the first man, and I'm just with my hands trying to eke out a living and, and force the soil to produce what it can and has the ability to produce, I'm not going to be a life-giving spirit. The point of it is that you bear the image now of the heavenly man, the man that is bringing a new creation, a recreation to the planet, and we're going to do it not by our hands. Here's a revolutionary thought. Not by our hands, but by our mouth. And so the word of faith is in your mouth, the spirit of faith, but it must be spoken. Now, I said I was going to use the entire episode to talk about this, but now since I'm on a roll, I'm going to go ahead and state it. There was a number of years ago, it's probably been about 20 years that this video has been out, uh, but there was a man uh, by the name of George Otis Jr. who produced a series of, 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 of documentaries where he examined places in the earth where revival and renewal was occurring. And and it was called the Transformation Series. Mm -hmm. And so he was talking about, you know, churches and leaders and ministries and cities and nations that were actually experiencing levels of not just renewal, but wholesale transformation of of, of their entire area and region. And one of the areas that he focused in on was a city in Guatemala that was called Alamolanga, I believe. Uh, let me say that three times. <laughs> Alamolanga, Guatemala. What was amazing is that in this uh, agricultural small town of about 17,000, 20,000 people, it was in a valley, and it was known as a pastor's graveyard. It was known as a place where church planters or pastors would go, and they were heavily persecuted. Uh, the churches were suppressed by opposition. There's demonic stuff going. There was on there. demonic yeah, stuff. There was the the worship, the synchronization of of Catholicism with with witchcraft, and and so it was a dark place. And they worshipped a specific deity that they called a saint, but it was actually an ancestral spirit. And it had dominion over the land. And in that documentary, George Otis Jr. studied the history of how this dark valley, and because they had worshiped this demonic principality for so long, uh, the, the, the valley, which should have been a very productive, lush valley, actually produced very little. Mm -hmm. And so it kept the people in poverty because they lived based upon uh, agricultural production. But there was a pastor that went in there. And even though they tried to kill this pastor, uh, a group of of gang members got this pastor and and at night took and, and kidnapped him, set him down 
in a chair, had him bound and tied, and they stuck a uh, a pistol in his mouth and they pulled the trigger and the gun did not go off. And they pulled it again and the gun did not go off. Well, it so disconcerted these gangsters that these um, gang members that had abducted him that they literally saw the miracle of God's preservation of this man. Well, this man mobilized his church to engage in fasting and prayer. And then it became synergistic. They began to see a receding of the power and the influence of that spirit on the hearts and minds of the people. Before it was all over, over this period of time where revival began to invade, there was signs and wonders and miracles that began to break in. People began to be saved. Alamalanga became known not as a uh, church planter's graveyard, but it became known as the city of churches. Mm -hmm. Out of 17,000 people, nearly 90 or 95% of them became born again. But my point is that not only did it become a, a, a city of revival and renewal and supernatural activity and new birth at, that brought uh, light and life to those that were uh, had been in darkness and under bondage to this uh, uh, false deity and this ancestral spirit. But what God began to do is he began to heal their land. Yeah. And they knew that as they turned to the Lord, exactly what Second Chronicles 7.14 says, that it says that as they turned, as they repented, and, in, and, and they began to uh, uh, turn from their wicked ways, and they began to seek God's face, God began to reverse the curse. It says that God, the word says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that he would heal the land. Mm -hmm. The productivity mm -hmm. in the farming community in that valley began to raise... So they were getting like one or two semis of produce out of that valley in a month. They began to take out like, I think it was like 10 to 12 semis a week. Mm -hmm. The growing cycle was shortened and, and they had a multiplication factor. And Carmen, I watched some of the video yeah. where they showed the size of the produce unreal. that came out of this valley, some of the size of the vegetables. Yeah. And with my own eyes, I saw that carrots were the size of small bats. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not kidding you. They were the length of your forearm, and they were the size of like a miniature bat. Yeah, I've and never... And they talked about how the topsoil used to be so little, and then, then it was like God created more topsoil so that they could grow all the way into that. It was amazing. It was I remember it was 10 to 14 inches. I yeah, don't remember. Topsoil that wasn't there. Right. And this wasn't because they had agricultural experts no. from the United States or from some other... Uh, technologically advanced country come in and advise them in how to change right. their farming tactics. God healed their land. Yeah. What it did then is it released a financial prosperity upon the land. Mm -hmm. So it became a prosperous city. And the final thing mm -hmm. I want to say, if you ever watch this documentary, and I think it's uh, on YouTube, you can look at it, Ala Malanga, Guatemala. <laughs> 
is that every year they now gather believers in the plaza. And in that documentary, it showed, you know, like 10, 15,000 believers. And they have what they call Jesus's Lord Day, (laughs) where they publicly celebrate. They used to have a day in which they Mm -hmm. would worship the dead and this ancestral spirit. But now they have a day in which they publicly, the mayor, the government officials, publicly declare that Jesus is Lord over their city and over their valley. I'm sorry for using the entire time (laughs) on that one question, but that was a great question. Do you want to catch another question or wait till next time? Um, I can try to do one more. Okay, one more little one. Um, In episode 51, you mentioned Paul said, without the resurrection, our faith would be in vain. Why then is the cross the symbol for our faith instead of an empty grave? Yes. And the cross uh, primarily is the symbol. But if you remember on the episode, I said we could have an empty Mm -hmm. tomb and we could have a throne, (laughs) the ascension and the exaltation. You know, all of them have equal importance and, and value, but it began at the cross. You know, it started in the manger. It, 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 what, what the world thought was the end at the cross, but the cross is, and I've said that there could be no revelation of the resurrection or the reality of the resurrection. And unless it comes out of death, Mm -hmm. uh, because a resurrection means the bringing back to life of something. And, but uh, just in simplicity, answering the question, the cross is a powerful symbol, emblematic, and it's where our salvation began. Yeah. Uh, but the empty, empty tomb and the exaltation, which is represented emblematic by a throne, could also be an equal symbol. So it's not that we emphasize, that's my point. These are three pillars that talk about the greatness of our salvation all three of them have to be equally understood and emphasized for us to know the totality of the greatness of our salvation. I think one thing that impacts me about the cross um, is just the definition of love, that it's this life being laid down. So to me, the cross is just this emblem of love and willing to lay down his life for us. Definitely the other two could not occur unless it came through the cross. Well, thank you for being with us for our question and answer time at Summit Life Ministries. If you'd like more information, you can go to summitlifeministries.com. Also, you can follow us and subscribe on the YouTube channel and um, like our, our Facebook and Instagram, all of those social media things. Also, if you could share this episode, other people, we can get the word out and they can be watching also and encouraged in their faith to do faith-filled obedience and have their perspective and and their identity strengthened in who they are in Jesus. Um, If you have any questions, again, I just want to remind you to please include those in the comments because we'd like to address them and it it helps us just to, to... to interact Interact. with you and just to dig into dig into some of those and we love to respond to you we we want to have that relationship so god bless you and thank you
What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.